This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Questions podcast for the middle of January 2020. How the hell did that happen? What the hell happened to everything earlier in this century? You know we recorded a podcast since then. I know. It's just soaking in. (laughs) Good God. It's 2020. And we got to talk about basketball. I know. I know. I think I've been a little blue lately. I've had a cold... Uh, that I can't shake, and uh, basketball stinks. Football's over. We got a signing day that'll be completely uneventful because I don't know that they're going to sign anyone. One. One. Yeah. Hungry over there, Zach? A little bit. That was your stomach, wasn't it? Yeah, at the very beginning of the podcast, I had a very big roar. Ah, nice. Yeah. I'll, I'll sign one. Maybe somebody else. I don't know. And then they're going to have their big recruiting show. I got a vent. Okay, I'm going to vent. This is this is my this is mostly my podcast, and the fact that this is the original one where I just would go off on tangents. Back in the day, we did a recruiting roadshow. We'd go all over the place, showing video and breaking down and analysis of the the signees, and people would come to it. One year, we did 30 shows, all over the place. We were in Denver. We were in Dallas. We went to Chicago one year. We went all over the state of Kansas, Lincoln, Omaha, Kansas City multiple times. And then Ron freaking Prince shows up and literally tells me, hey, that's a good idea. We're going to do that. And ever since then, the Athletics has done their own show. K-State stole it. Some, some places still do a road show. I just can't imagine their... The same. Because back when we started them, you know, the highlights were out there, but not everyone could just click on the profile and watch the highlights. There was no huddle. <laughs> what really made it special was my crackling analysis and 70s hits that I put behind them. Like what kind of hits? Oh, yeah. Just like, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't come up with one. <laughs> Led Zeppelin. But then some 80s hits Boston. Whatever whatever got the people in the aisles dancing while they watched highlights. $50 a head if you want to go watch K-State's version of this. It was $10 a head for my show. But it didn't include anything other than me and highlights. I think there you get food. 
You get Hank Jacobs, shirtless Taylor Bratt. I don't think that's true. In the confines of the West Stadium Center. There's his fancy. Mine was for the people. All of you that count more. I don't want to pay $50 for that. Anyhow, that was just a little rant, a little baby rant. Just try, try to warm up. You know, when you have a big game, you got to go out on the court and you got to warm up. You want to stretch my groin now? Nope. Okay. I mean, because I don't want to pull a groin during my future rants on this episode of the Powercat Questions podcast sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I probably should have had a few pops from the fridge. Not soda pops, pops of alcohol. Guess what the fridge has? What do they have? But Bud Light Seltzer. Seltzer. I might try it. And I tell you what, it's it's delicious. Might make you feel a little better. Effervescent. It's delicious. It's only 100 calories a can. That's not bad, man. Under a gram of sugar per mm. can. Makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, it's like working out. Ladies will love it. It's like, why why go to the gym when you could just drink a Bud Light seltzer? Exactly. Get it at the fridge. At the corner of this and that. On Bud Light Avenue in this town in which we live. Yeah, get into the fridge. Uh, if you want to buy seltzers, it's fine. Just don't tell me about it. Yo, wussies! They're good. This segment's brought to you by Tanner's. I think I'm going to have lunch at Tanner's. My brother is coming to town. The brother I never discuss because he's a KU graduate. Family Secrets here being aired on the podcast. My father was born in Oklahoma. My brother is a KU graduate. Is it bad that I only thought you had a sister until this very moment? I didn't know until a couple of years ago. I have an older brother and sister. I have two sisters. What does that mean? Hey, turn your sound off. It's definitely not an iPhone, so it's I, not us. I swear to God I did. No, but then, uh, yes, I have an older brother and sister. They're actually half-brother and half-sister, but that doesn't matter. That's because they've been around my whole life. They're 10 years older than my sister and I. So, Mike's old. Mike's a boomer. He really is a boomer. Hmm. Looks like we get to yell at it, two of you. <laughs> I think you missed the point there. But, yeah, in fact, my sister Amy will be in town, too. So it's a, it's a two-sibling lunch. So we got to get this crap going. i got to get all I want to well, say. Stop breaking down your family tree and let's go. <laughs> it all goes back to the county cork. Um, <laughs> i got a lot to say in this podcast. And make sure you stop by Tanner's whenever you're in town. Man, we went and watched the first half of the uh, NCAA college football championship between two Tigers. At Tanner's. And you would have watched the second half, but uh, it was closing time. My God, that was a long game. Holy God. They got to do something. That was ridiculous. Was Scotty McCurry the halftime act? I missed. missed that. What was it? I, I don't think so. Imagine Dragons? Was that it? I don't know who it was. I didn't pay attention. Did anyone? Because everyone took halftime to take a nap. Because it was halftime at 930 or something. That was nuts, man. That was crazy. Team I thought would win one. They're really good. Now let's get on with your questions. From Wabash Station, we're going to talk a lot of hoops. Strap in. It's going to get fun. From Fervent Purple, 
With all of the time Bruce Weber spends on recruiting, shouldn't we have a better recruiting class most years? I can't imagine you have to spend nearly as much time on the road recruiting athletes as you would to uncover hidden gems that are true basketball players or pure shooters. It goes back to what we've been saying for the last three years. How long I've been how long I've been doing recruiting for this website? Three years ish. That they they've been sinking time into countless players that they had no business sinking time into, and then they had to go out and settle. Cartier Jada wasn't a guy that they had high on their board from the start of that recruiting class. Mike McGurl wasn't a guy that they targeted from the beginning. These were guys that they missed out on other players, and then they went, oh, crap, we don't have relationships with any other players out there. Who can we go get? Cartier Jada had one other offer, and I don't even, like, South Carolina didn't offer him. Uh, Clemson didn't offer him. Like, these weren't guys that were high on the recruiting trail. So that's why you're seeing such a, a drop-off in talent right now. Yes, he recruited well in 2019. Yes, he recruited well in 2020. Xavier Sneed was a really nice get. Other than that, it's not been very good, and that's because he's been sinking time into players he shouldn't have been sinking time into. Hey, man. That, and it really is. They were making a lot of noise out there but not accomplishing anything. And I feel like that changed. I feel like all of a sudden they're focused in on those kids that they can get that are better than what they have been getting. And now they're spending their time in the proper places instead of spending a bunch of time on five-star kids that they couldn't get or shouldn't get, a.k.a. some young man that just left Missouri, got in the transfer portal because... Mario McKinney, what's up? He's trouble. He was having trouble there. How much time did K-State spend on that? A lot. Can I tell you why I think it is, honestly? What? 2019, according to our database, so this is just like reported offers we find on Twitter or hear about. These don't include the ones that the kid doesn't tweet about or anything like that. So there might have been more offers out than this. K-State offered 97 players in the class of 2019. In the class of 2020, they offered, if this will pull up, 55 players. There you go. In the class of 2021 so far, they have offered 12 players. They're narrowing their recruiting. They're not casting that net like they used to and hoping that they catch somebody. They're identifying who they want, and they're recruiting better now. One less trip to places where you're not going to get players and turn that into a trip in Kansas City. I am sick of playing against teams that have players from Kansas City on in lesser programs that are better than the players that Kansas State ended up with. The grass isn't always greener. I'm not saying to go sign a bunch of Kansas City kids, but every time I see what well, Bradley had a six foot nine kid from Kansas City from Lee Summit, if I recall, that was better than any of K State's big men. Explain how the hell that happens. He's two hours away from you. Um, it's just it's it's been an endless cycle of recruiting failures. Of recruiting failures. But the th big three that was a class of eight dudes. Even with the big three, you could say it was a failure. You can't recruit eight guys and only three survive in your program. What I remember people getting on other coaches for over constant overturn on their roster, but this has been epic, 
and now it's going to be more. Bruce just admitted to the world that at least two more guys off this roster are gone. Oof. I was floored he said that, by the way. Do we have anything about that? Uh, yeah, it's in there somewhere. I'm, I'm just I gonna, think it's later. We can talk about it. We'll skip it later. So if you're not following along, there are four guys that are currently on the court right now out of the nine guys that play regularly that are new. So that's the 2019 recruiting class. There's four guys signed for the 2020 class. And, oh, yeah, they just picked up Casey. I forgot his last name. He's Agu. Thank you. He's Agu, too. <laughs> From UTEP. Um who, in an odd way, is an upgrade from what they have in terms of big man and isn't very good. So that's nine new bodies within a year on this team for next season. And Bruce said they want to sign two more. You only get 13 scholarships. So that means 11 players on next year's roster will be no more than one-year experience. Holy <laughs> Holy hell, dude. That's nuts. And keep in mind, that epic class that was so great for K-State basketball because it did produce a big three, they signed eight. So this is kind of a combination. They're going to end up with six with a transfer, which kind of falls in between classes because he's here now or will be here shortly. So you immediately wonder who's gone. I mean, you've got five guys that are playing, two guys on the bench who aren't playing. There's three sen- two seniors in there in that group. Pearson, I'm not counting Pearson McAtee in the, that core group. Oof. It's crazy. Flush the toilet, start over. It's basically what it is. Shouldn't have to do that. You go through rebuilding situations. You lose some kids. A kid doesn't qualify. A kid, West Virginia last year had their best player suspended for, I don't know what, probably being a dumbass. That's yeah, just, I don't know. You know what? That When schools re- suspend someone, don't say a violation of team policies. Just say, we have suspended Riley Gates for being a dumbass. <laughs> That's a good sound clip just to save. Let's save that for the uh, overtime. Good. We have suspended Zach Carlson for being a dumbass. Oh. Yikes. Because all the stuff you've said so far in this podcast. The boss has been overthrown. (laughs) (laughs) Clip that one. (laughs) Next question is from Purple Powerhouse. Do Bruce's few really good years outweigh the absolutely atrocious rebuilding years? I really don't see any reason why this program should have to endure years like this one. It's a very fun question this week at Wabash Station and last week. Has that been the busiest thread in Wabash Station 2.0? No, they hired Chris Kleiman. Come on. Yeah, but that wasn't really – yeah, that was a little controversial. It's among among the ones started just as a random topic. Yes, it has probably been one of the more active ones, I would say. I don't know if it's the most active, but it's been up there. And it's been fun to follow because I see a lot of points on both sides. I agree. I agree with you 100%. I see both sides of this. And look, I'm – I mean, let's be very clear. I – 
When this happened the first time, folks, I said enough was enough. This shouldn't happen. You shouldn't have an established program where you have to wipe the entire roster clean. It's not like they had a bunch of graduates and, oh, by the way, they had four guys go to the NBA because the program's so incredible. I mean, this is the second time where they've lost the locker room. They've lost the, the roster. They mismanaged it and wiped the slate clean. The first time I said that, that shouldn't happen. I think my quote was, you don't burn down my house and take your time rebuilding it. But I was told that was okay. It's it's cool. He won another Big 12 championship. Bottom line is you don't fire a coach that has won two Big 12 championships. I'm, the Elite Eight was nice, but let's be honest. That's the only time he's advanced past the round of 64. You, you just don't do it. No. If you want to know why you don't fire Bruce Weber, even if they go 0-18 in the Big 12 this year, is they're defending Big 12 champions. It's not going to happen. Maybe it happens elsewhere, but it's not going to happen at Kansas State right now. It's just not, particularly with the recruiting class coming in. But again, if you burn down my house, you better get it rebuilt pretty damn quick. This can't be a two-, three-year build. I didn't call for him to get fired after the Marcus Foster thing. I, I thought it might be a good idea. I waited another year to see how they did, and it was a disaster. Eventually, that turned into something. But, I mean, that's a three-year process. I don't think good programs load up for a good season every four years and a couple of decent seasons around there. Hell, we didn't even get the decent season coming back down the other side. Last time they went 8-10 and after a Big 12 championship and then slid into 5-13. and Hell, they're they're going right down to the – God dang, I'd take 5-13 and this season. Jump for joy. This team's bad. It's bad, bad, bad. And there's one reason. This roster was mismanaged. Completely mismanaged. And you thought just promoting a bunch of role players into significant starring roles would work. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't, and there's something else going on. There's obvious bod, bad, bod, bad body language. Wow. Bad body language from Cartier Jada out there. Something else is going on here. And if it's another Marcus Foster situation, and I don't think it's all full-blown that way, why does this happen? But this gets back to what we were told when he was hired. He's a great coach, and he is a very good coach. He's won two Big 12 championships. But he doesn't know how to manage a locker room. He loses teams. I gave him four years the first time before I called for him firing. And then he went off and won a Big 12 championship. And what did we have? We had Big Daddy Bruce. Where is that crowd nowadays? Don't hear him yelling. So just be patient. Take your medicine. This is what you wanted. It was okay. I've been told that. It was okay. And this administration said it was okay. They retained him. The first time around. Second time around's worse. It's worse. It's okay. 
That's how it's going to be at Kansas State. Worst part is they've tricked a lot of fans into believing it's okay. Oh, it's not as bad as it was. Hmm. That's the thing is one of the comments made in that thread is when did K-State fans get I'm not saying this. That was a comment. When did K-State fans get this sense of entitlement that we should be good every year? Boy, nobody's saying you need to win the Big 12 championship every year. But you need to be competitive. You need to not have collapses every three, four years. For some reason, Frank Martin has been brought into this conversation as if the fan, like, I feel the fan base starting to turn on the Frank Martin era as if it was not that great of a time of K-State basketball. It's been equally good aside from two Big 12 championships, one that he won with Frank Martin's players. But you know what Frank Martin never did? Went under 500 in Big 12 play. Uh, One less than 20 games in a regular season. Oh, the Big 12 is so easy. Was always at least a four seed in the tournament. Yeah. Big 12 tournament. Advanced past the round of of 64 more than one time on a fluke. Well, he got past, never mind. The (laughs) fluke got, got to the Sweet 16 because of a fluke. I mean, look. First off, that's that's a different argument. I just want to say right there, stop comparing the Frank and the Bruce thing and turn it on Frank. The Frank years were great, man. And what Frank Martin's doing at South Carolina has nothing to do with what he might have done at Kansas State. It's a completely different it's situation. It's a trash program. They don't care about basketball. It, it doesn't have anything to do with Kansas State. It's not a peer program to what Kansas State has been and should be. Not only has been historically back in time, but has been in the last 20 years. I'm okay with you having a down year every now and then because, hey, we lost some big-time guys. I'm okay with you as a fan saying, I'm excited for the future because we've recruited really well. Both of those statements are true. What I'm not okay with is accepting winless seasons of the Big 12 just because, oh, well, that just kind of happens. Every coach goes through it. No, guys, this is not the same as what Roy Williams, when he has his down years, when Jim Beheim has his down years. Mike Krzyzewski, as one time, was not that great of a season. If you really want to sit there and compare Mike Krzyzewski to Bruce Weber, please take a step back, go to the Google machine, and tell me how many national championship rings Mike Krzyzewski has and then come back to me with that argument. They're saying that North Carolina is not good this year. Yeah, they got a bunch of injuries. <laughs> they lost their best player. Yeah. Yeah. That things happen. But not recruiting good players isn't some kind of awful thing that happened to K-State. It's self-inflicted. My God. This isn't comparable to any of that. A guy declares for the draft. You know what? They would have been better off right now if Xavier Sneed had declared and left. He'd be playing in Timbuktu, but then they could hide behind while we lost X. And X would have made all the difference. And we wouldn't know the difference that it doesn't really matter. X isn't a leading scorer. I mean, he isn't the lead guy. You can't lean on him. And Cartier Jada has turned into a head case. He's a powder. He's a whiner. And he, if it's not about him, he doesn't want anything to do with it. He's barking back at pe- people that do good things and want to do better. At least he dunked it against KU, though. That was a hell of a dunk. I got news for Cardi. Man, you're nowhere close to the league. You're nowhere close, man. I don't know who told you that 
you were going to be a superstar in the NBA, but you're shooting like 29% from college three. Oof. You're not a true point. You don't have any point guard instincts. You're very skilled as an athlete. And maybe that's what I've seen about the 2021 class that encourages me the most. Bruce went out and found some guys that are basketball players. They're not just great athletes. They're basketball players. They've grown up with the rock, and they're the right size, and they can shoot the ball. I got news for all the coaches that go out and recruit athletes that don't know how to score. You can teach a kid how to play defense. But scoring instincts, you either got them or you don't. A coach isn't going to put that into you at the college level. You've had that honed through your lifetime. Moving on. From Ricky Ticky Tavi, how can you simultaneously be a coach to produce some of the best seasons in program history and some of the worst? Coaching isn't about one thing. We look at your coach, so you coach. Well, what is a coach, man? What is it? You're a teacher of the game. You're a teacher of life. You manage personalities. You manage your staff. You recruit. You keep players eligible. There's a lot of things that go into coaching. Man, Bruce is a, he's a good teacher of the game. Other than a few things, including zone offense, I think he's an incredible bench coach. Does he always do some of the other little things the way I'd like him done? No. Man, I was happy when he got a tee on Tuesday night. Oh, that was great. That is, Bruce, that is so much better for your team, the psyche of your team, than sitting there with your mouth open like something just befalled you that is shocking. Oh. No. You chewed so much ass, a referee not even the conversation called the T. What a chicken crap move that was. That was a cowardly crew, by the way. Crew, That crew was awful. Big 12 needs to look at that crew. Anyhow, they didn't lose because of T's or foul calls. Two calls. Why isn't the, the charge arc reviewable? Why put that damn arc on the floor if it's not reviewable? All the crap you review, you can't review that. You can review the outside arc for three, but you can't review the charge arc underneath. Two charging calls against Kansas State where the opposing player was clearly inside the arc. And I ask you this, how did none of the referees see that? Man. Any, I don't remember the question. I, is, I mean, it's just it goes back to what we kind of ranted on earlier. But you could be the best coach in the world. You could give Coach K this roster. You could give Bill Self this roster. They're not gonna win the national championship with this roster. No, it's not a good team. They have Xavier Sneed, who, bless his heart, gives a lot of effort and is the best, probably the best defensive player on the team. He just. He can't do it alone. He's not good enough to do it alone, but he is a good player. They have Xavier. Then they have three freshmen who give 120% every time they're on the floor, and they want to win, and they want to do good. And then they have guys like Mike McGurl. Uh, you know, I mean, I know he didn't play last night, but wants to do well just out of his realm. Right. He's nothing more than a seventh or eighth man. But yet here you are. 
the fact that you lost Mike McGurl last night, sadly, it was a factor in the game. Well, losing anyone, that's the biggest problem. Is It's not that they don't only have – it's not only that they don't have enough talent on this team. They just don't have enough guys. They don't have enough answers. You can't bench anyone. You only have nine guys you're playing, and when Pearson McAtee comes in, it's for little spells. Hell, play him more for all I care. Exactly. You've got ten dudes because you got two guys sitting on the bench who – have been utterly useless for injury or incompetence. Either one. I don't know. I don't care. They shouldn't have been recruited. I mean, if you can't run up and down the damn court, why why would you recruit a big man who plays like he's 6'5", and another one that nobody literally wanted? Small colleges in his state didn't want him. It's been lazy, pathetic recruiting. Because you look at the guys that – look at the big three. Dean Wade was good. We knew he was good, and he was coming to K-State. Barry Brown and Cam Stokes were – they were okay. Barry Brown wasn't what he was. Barry, Barry Brown was not what he was as a recruit at, that he ended up being at K-State. Barry Brown was the lightning strike. He was the, he was the best-case scenario. We went and took a chance on a guy. turned out to be a badass. I mean, that, that path is open. I mean, it's – don't compare him to Roddy Magruder. Rod was a four-star. <laughs> I mean, Rod was a four-star that worked his ass off and now is in the NBA. I mean, I don't know. It's just There's a lot that goes into coaching. And some things have been really good and some things haven't been really good. Let me, let me ask you this. If, if you've got six classes in a semester, first of all, what are you doing enrolling six classes? <laughs> You've got two A's, a B, a C, and two F's. Are you a good student? No, sir. Uh, are, you, are you doing what you need to do as a student? Would your parents be happy with that? No, sir. As a parent, would you be happy if your child did that? Well, I kind of feel like some people are just focusing on the F's and some people are just focusing on the A's. And as an overall report card, it's kind of blah. Just a little bit above average. Which is apparently okay. Which is okay. Last question of the first half from Ricky Ticky Tavi. If the basketball season continues in its current trajectory, what is the conversation like between Gene Taylor and Bruce in the offseason? Well, Fitz hit on it right there. 0-18... Even Kansas State, Kansas State's probably just not going to fire him. That's just as as insane as it is to lo- to lose every single game in conference play. I don't think they would fire a coach no. that won a Big Twelve championship last year and has now recruited his greatest recruiting class since in his tenure at the school. It's a very easy argument for Bruce Weber to go into Gene Taylor's office and make. However. So I, I don't think he will be fired no matter what. I mean, unless something crazy bad happens to this team worse than just losing games. I will say this, though. If they go 0-18 or 2-16 and or 3-15 and in that range, there better be no excuse for Gene Taylor to do anything other than to sit Bruce Weber down in his office and say, you've got one year. This is it. You have one season to fix this. Because if... 
if they had, because I get it, we we touched on how many new faces are going to be on the team. They're likely going to start four, five, maybe even sophomores and freshmen next year. Maybe one junior or senior. I don't know. It just kind of depends how which way they go. They're going to be a very young team, and that's going to be that's a crutch that anybody can lean on. But this is what you've done to yourself. You have made it so that you have to rely on freshmen and sophomores. And if next year's bad too, then you're showing a pattern of consistency. And you cannot settle for that if you're K-State. So if this season ends up being a disaster, the clock is ticking for me. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have to decide what is acceptable next season. I mean, is a berth in the first four good enough? Like the games that shouldn't exist. Is another first round exit? Yeah, it. Uh, you know what? I'm. Nothing's going to happen, and nothing should happen. He he has bought enough equity with two Big Twelve championships in his time that not, he's going to be given this season. He was given another season back in the day just three or four years ago, that he's going to be given this season, too. Right now, he's in, let's just call it Tom Herman mode. It's not my fault. I have to replace all my my roster. Tom Herman's, I have to replace all my coaches. Get a whole new roster. That's, That's his solution. And it also becomes his alibi. Next season, if they're four and fourteen in the conference, I've got a roster of ten guys that are underclassmen. Then the rebuild of the disaster that was caused by your own recruiting becomes your self-fulfilling excuse. It's kind of a nice little safety net you got. Okay, I did a horrible job recruiting and I had to blow up my roster and I had to recruit in a whole new roster. But now that it's a young roster, that's my excuse. But the problem is you had to rebuild it and start over. I, I don't know, man. I, all I know is this. The program should be pretty good in terms of talent next season. Raw talent. And as we close this first half of this podcast, I want to touch on a subject. And maybe I'm stepping on something. I don't read the questions before. I, I don't want to know the questions before. I want to have them this, all just be spontaneous. That's how this podcast works. I saw people ripping on the freshmen last night. You know, people, you know, I think it was Kellis, our friend Kellis Robinette, that pointed out that, you know, with the freshmen on the floor, they seem to be better. And, you know, people point, well, they're still lost. Like you're bitching at people that are trying to be the solution. You're, you're bitching at the guys that are willing to step up into the breach, take the bullets on the front line when it shouldn't be their job. These three freshmen shouldn't be in the crossfire of Big 12 competition right now. They should be learning. Instead, they get pushed right into the fury. And my God, they're better off with it. That's how pathetic Mac has been. McCall Moeen, I hope nothing serious is going on in your life. Uh, because you sure play like something horrible has happened and we don't know what it is. You're not present, man. Just take a seat on the bench. And when one of the other big men gets in trouble, you can go in and play. That's what they did last night, five minutes. 
Five minutes, what they lose by 14, and Mac was minus 12. And the plus minus. How are you minus 12 in five minutes of play? By God. Yeah, so their best lineups were the three freshmen and David Sloan, who I agree has some real flaws in his game. There was a rotation on his own where he let he played the JUCO defense on his own. I'm gonna jump at you, but I'm not really gonna defend you. Three pointer. I get that. You can't bench Cardi. I mean, you just can't. You just then you're just you gotta play him. You don't have enough bodies. Again, you don't have enough guys. You don't have walk-ons. You've got Pearson McAtee. Well, they have a couple other walk-ons. It's weird. I mean, Patrakis. Yeah, but you're redshirting him. Yeah. Can't pull it now. Yeah. It, I don't get it. They just don't have, you know, just play the guys. Play the newcomers. Play Levi Stockard. God, I never thought I would say that. But he's actually putting out effort. He's actually getting on teammates who are screwing up. I see him coaching the young players to do things a little bit differently. I mean, that's that's a positive. But don't get on the young guys. They're going to make mistakes. They're young guys. And you know what, folks? I'm sorry what you were told other places. They're three-star recruits. They're not four-star, come in and play right away and be studs. I can only assess this, that it was a down year in Chicago high school basketball last year because I loved Dejuan Gordon. But he's not Big 12 ready. But by God, he takes ownership, he plays hard, he defends, he drives the basketball to the hoop, he does a lot of things, and oh yeah, he makes mistakes, and his shot isn't very good, which I think I said in the preseason after watching one practice. So wait, we weren't being overly critical when we said it was probably going to take him some time? Yeah, it's funny how this works. Hmm. And I don't want to be, I told you so. Because that's really not the point here. The point is reality. Need to live in reality. Both sides. Both sides. Bruce isn't an equivalent to one of the top ten coaches in the country. And he's not Jim Woldridge. There's a big gap in there. He's a very good coach. And... Bluntly put, if given proper supervision, if he didn't have John Curry, who was just happy his name wasn't Frank Martin because he ran off a guy who wanted to stay at K-State for life, and I don't know, might be doing this right now if he'd stayed. Who knows? We don't know. You can't apply what he does at a worthless program like South Carolina. I don't know. I don't know. You can't, Brad Underwood's not coaching well at Illinois. He'd suck to K-State. How do you know that? You just don't know. I'm just saying, if someone along the way had said, Bruce, you got to recruit better, man. Well, I've got all these receipts here for all these recruiting trips. Who are you recruiting here? Who are you recruiting here? Why are you here all the time? Can you explain this to me? I want to know what you're doing all the time. John Curry micromanaged Frank Martin to the point where he literally had to leave because it was just flat-out harassment. Guy was a total asshole. There's no way around it. A total psychotic asshole to Frank Martin. 
literally trying to bait him into doing something that would have ruined his career. And then he goes off, and he doesn't even manage the next coach. That a boy, that a boy, that a boy. Won a Big 12 title with someone else's players. Crash, the program goes. Nobody along the way was saying, got to keep recruiting, coach. You can't let your, gas, your foot off the gas. And here we are. Everyone's wrong. There's no right in this situation. There is only what is. And what is, is it's going to be a long, intolerable season. And nothing will change in terms of head coaches. This is the Powercat Questions Podcast. That's just the first half. We'll be back. Stay locked in. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Questions podcast sponsored by Fritz Wholesale Liquor. We're here in the WTC gig-powered studios it sounds wonderful. What sounds wonderful? The, the whole studio thing. I'm trying to set up a studio at home uh, so that I can do these things um, from home. Not this. I was like, what? We have Other to go to stuff. your home now? Well, I, I'm just going to say, shout out to our competition for doing the daily podcast because we were on the cusp of doing it ourselves. They beat us to the punch. Very ironic. <laughs> It's like amazing. It's like, I got the name, I got that. And honestly, I was delaying because I didn't think this was a good time to launch. But now they're in the market first. Tip of the cap. Tip of the cap. Done. You dastardly. I feel like a cartoon. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't. <laughs> but we will have our own uh, version of a daily podcast. Different um, from what uh, they're doing over at Rivals. But... Uh, it's a daily podcast. I mean, there's only so many ways you can do it. Right, Zach? Yeah. I feel like this is when two competing movie studios get word of each other that they're having a competing movie, and then the first one rushes to get one out. And White House down and Olympus has fallen. Exactly. 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 So. Oh, they're working on that? But Olympus has fallen joke. was the better movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it came out first. Yeah. And they're working on Star Wars? Well, we've got space balls. I, wasn't it a parody? Yeah, it was. <laughs> we hope they realized it was a parody when they made it. Was, uh, what's the damn show? Uh, Baywatch. Parody or not? Wait. Of what? Par- 
Baywatch the movie, a parody of Baywatch the show. Oh, I wouldn't call it a parody, but it made jokes. It, it was self-aware. Okay. I think that's... We're self-aware. We're the PowerCat Podcast. Listen to us if you want to listen to us. If you don't, don't. It's that easy. Man, those are a lot of rules. We do this. We just had a podcast meeting uh, at 24-7 yesterday, a teleconference. I was on Google, what is it, Meetup? Google Hangout. Hangout. It's weird. It sounds like teenagers. It sounds like a chat room. Right. So we had a whole meeting about stuff, and one of it was uh, being consistent with the number of podcasts you're doing, but communicate what you're doing. So basically, should I count the drive as a podcast? Yeah. It it goes into our... I mean, we don't do anything really we just kind of put it on the side right i mean it's it's a it's in our podcast feed so i'll count it so during football season we have seven podcasts we literally have a podcast every day of the week and then we get into basketball and that drops to four podcasts a week because we don't have a sneeze over there no it was a cough no (laughs) it was a, a yawn you're finding a yawn it was a weird lung thing. Okay. Don't die. Because uh, we don't have a pre- and post-game podcast in uh, Spiller and Tannehill, or Tannehill and Spiller. Only do football. Thought about having Missy and Jay Heydrich do the lefty and southball basketball podcast because they're both left-handed. But I don't know. Like, I don't think talking about basketball more is a solution. Yeah, to I, that's how I was going. I don't think people want more basketball talk right now. And eventually we'll we'll get this down. Once we get out of basketball season, we'll probably just get back to the two podcasts, which was one. So this summer you'll have two podcasts. You'll have this questions podcast, and we'll still do an overtime. God, oh, summer's almost here. Let's not think about that. Let's think about that. Let's get out of this basketball season. By God, pull up, pull up. <laughs> We got some more great questions from Wabash Station, but boy, did we let some steam out in the first half. We're sponsored by The Fridge, and make sure you get into The Fridge whenever you're in town. Great selection, and as the boys pointed out, they now have Bud Light Seltzer. But then again, everyone has Bud Light Seltzer. It's freaking Bud Light. It's Seltzer. I love the ads that say, there's no actual Bud Light in this. We're just using the name. There were people that thought it was like... That's an actual ad campaign? That's they say in the ads. That is awesome. There were people that thought it was like beer and seltzer mixed together. Honestly, I did it first, and then I realized, no, they wouldn't do that. That sounds awful. We're just using the name. Yeah, we're just (laughs) using the name. So, uh, get into the fridge. And this second half sponsored by the Hilo, which I don't think is is a Christmas bar anymore. I haven't been in. The windows are still fogged up. Awesome. It's still Christmas at the Hilo, maybe. I don't know. Get into the Hilo. They're great people. Great burgers. Great pizza. <laughs> it's great pizza. Oh, it's so good. That sounded creepy. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Here we go. It's your questions from Wildbass Station. I'm Fitz. That's Riley. This is Zach. I didn't even introduce this in the first half. Yeah, they know us. We just dove right in. Zach's got your questions. Here we go. Starting us off in the second half is K-Ned. If you are openly admitting that someone has taken over the team leadership, shouldn't you go ahead and start them? Yeah. Uh, Dejuan Gordon deserves to start. And I think he'll stay in the starting lineup now that he has. I think unless, yeah, I mean, unless he starts just playing terrible, I don't see. I think last night was kind of his, all right, let's break you into it. 
Here's an opening. Yeah. Mike's sick. Go ahead. And it's unfortunate because Mike's played well. Doesn't really deserve to be bumped out of the starting I just lineup. think he's better. Better. Uh, it, it's better for the team if he comes off the bench. I agree. Okay, you're not playing well. Mike, go play for him. Because he can bring that energy, that spark. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that we just probably were maybe a little too impatient with uh, getting him in the starting lineup. But I think he'll be there. Moving forward, yeah, and I agree. I mean, uh, if I'm Bruce Weber, uh, first of all, I would find a way to lose more Big Twelve games than he would. <laughs> you wouldn't want me to coach, but if I'm Bruce Weber, I embrace the Dave Wong Gordon leadership. His best teams have had a pit bull in the locker room. Again, he doesn't manage a locker room well, but Rodney Magruder and Barry Brown sure as hell manage the locker room really well. Barry Brown was a dog. He was a man. And everyone in that locker room listened to him, and he was like the drill sergeant. He kept everyone in line. Some guys pushed back. I know Cam Stokes didn't always like it because they kind of thought of each other as peers. But, and the point, when you're on a team, if you're really on a team, you got to let the leaders lead and get your damn ego out of the way. If you're more worried about you in any way, you're hurting the team. Simple. Not getting my numbers, not getting my touches, not getting my minutes, not getting mine, 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 mine. The team's in trouble. And if you're spreading that poison in the locker room, the team's in big trouble. And that's happening, I think. So if Dejuan's really a leader, it might be time for Bruce to say, Cardi, go play. Just go play. And quit barking at teammates and letting the air out of things because you want to be the leader. I don't know. It's a mess. But you got to embrace Dejuan now because you're going to need him next year in that role. Because odds on Cardi being here next year, Riley Gates? I wouldn't put him very high. Remember, folks, he redshirted. He does graduate. He will be prime candidate for grad transfer. Welcome to the portal. Welcome to the portal. And I don't think K-State will push back. They might push forward on that. Might be time to break some of these relationships. I, I mentioned in the first half that only two guys that have uh, upperclassmen, sophomore and above, that have eligibility will be back next year. I'm betting it's Mike McGurl and Levi Stocker. That's just my guess. That's a guess. I know nothing about any of that. I don't know that Cardi's going to transfer. I don't know if it, this guy's gone or that guy's gone. That's just my guess. And now, Zach was so compelled by the depth and knowledge of that answer. I just had to fill here while he yawned. <laughs> Appreciate podcast, it. You bet. From Purple Powerhouse, do the upperclassmen who are not good leaders have the right to push back on actual leadership exhi- exhibited by the underclassmen who have clearly taken more ownership of the program? I don't think you have the right to push back, and I don't think you should push back. I think... But I also don't think that guys like Cartier, Mike, you know, Mac should just bow down and let Dejuan Gordon take it. Like, become a better leader. Right. You're being pushed. Now you step up your leadership. Then you have multiple leaders. You don't have to have one leader. You can have multiple leaders. But you kind of all need to be going in the same direction. You can't be pushing back on each other. It's an interesting situation for Bruce Weber. I mean, everyone wants to bring up Frank Martin. And Frank would probably tear someone's head off and... And it wouldn't go well. Let's be honest. That was Frank's style. He'd probably be 
destroying Cartier Jada right now for what he's doing. Bruce is the opposite. Bruce is, I don't want to say coddle, but... He literally hugs players on the floor. (laughs) You know, he's a little bit of softer touch. He does get on him in practice. We don't know what he says in practice. We don't. But at some point, you need to say, Cardi, quit trying to show up your teammates that are trying to do positive things. And quit pointing. This is one of my pet peeves about any sport. I I see quarterbacks do this in football. Oh, I know that was a bad throw, but you didn't run the right route when they ran the right route. It's not my fault. It's your fault. That body language is pure poison. And I'm talking about you, Mr. Rivers. Philip Rivers is trash. Yeah, he is. You got lost here. I, I was thrown off. Philip Rivers being trash. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, a, what a take for this podcast. Uh, the dot two. Seniors are playing like they have, uh, like they have. They've been told that this is a rebuilding year, and we don't expect to win. And the reaction is, why bother then? Did Weber's tendency to tell the truth cause this lack of effort from Mac and others? No. I don't know if that's necessarily the worst thought in the world. I, I uh, go ahead with you. Go ahead. I mean, Cartier Jada last year was a really good kid. He was positive all the time. He was working well with this team. McCall Maywean always seemed to have a smile on his face. He was always given a lot of effort. And now those two have basically done the exact opposite this year. And we don't know why. We can't point to it. Even Bruce Weber can't point to it. He said so much last night. He doesn't know why McCall Maywean has taken such a step back. I wouldn't be shocked if there was a... Now, I'm not saying he said, hey, we're going to suck this year, by the way. But I wouldn't be shocked if he sat him down and said, look, there's going to be struggles. We're not going to win as much as we did last year. We're going to need you to stay with it. We're going to need you to keep a positive attitude. But kids are kids. If a coach says something along those lines, they're going to hear one thing and and then shut it off. So I don't think that's the craziest thought in the world. I would tend to believe this. Cardi went full Marcus Foster in the offseason, going from a really good kid that was you know a role player, not the leader, to thinking, this is my team. I'm in charge. You guys got to listen to me. I'm the star. That's the vibe I'm getting. And that's ruinous to a program, to a team, not a program, a team. Um, Mac, I can't explain. But I think this is uh, just kind of gotten worse as the season goes on. It's, it's like something's rotting and it doesn't get fresher. It's only rotting more. And now I think those upperclassmen are like, oh, boy, we suck. No matter what we do, we suck. And I think that the reality is setting in. And now Bruce is beginning to say we got to play the freshmen more. we got to give these guys more for the future. Oh, that we suck, and I'm going to lose my minutes. It's just a bad situation for everyone. It really is. I would say I feel badly for what Bruce Weber's in, but it's of his own making, so it's hard to feel bad. From Kevin316, new person on the podcast, welcome. Do you think that one of the things wrong with the team is that up to three non-seniors know that they are not coming back next year? Hmm. That's, I mean, look, I can say yes on one hand, but on the other hand, I think we all feel pretty confident in saying that James Love and Nigel Shad would likely not return next year. I mean, they seem like very 
potential candidates, and they're not on the floor. I tell you what, if if they do return on one of the 13 scholarships. Holy crap. That, for me, is grounds for firing. If you lose Mike, Cardi. If you're keeping dead weight on your scholarship rules. Now, I can see James Love announcing he's done with basketball because of the foot injuries. He probably should be. I mean, he could transfer to somewhere, you know, go down a level and play. Um, but I, let's be honest, he's going to get injured. He's got bad feet, man. And if, I can see him retiring from basketball and staying on a non-basketball scholarship. I'll let you finish out your degree. You can help out with the team. It's got to be done, right? Did he ever redshirt? He did redshirt. He redshirted. That's right. So he could probably grad transfer if he wanted to. Maybe he's going to be done. I bet she's just going to be graduated. Yeah. Nigel Shad just, is he healthy? I, he doesn't dress half the time, but he doesn't wear a boot. He doesn't wear a brace. He doesn't limp. He doesn't have a sling. I don't know why he's not dressing. And I don't think it's academics. And maybe it is, and we just don't care enough to ask. But there's something up there. So, look, the question, have three, do three of these guys know they're not coming back? Fair enough. I think there's some validity to it. But also, on the other hand, it's not as if two of those guys are ever on the floor. Now, I think maybe there's a little something to be said about the fact that Bruce Weber is adding a transfer to go over one over the scholarship limit and then publicly says we want to add two more players. And I've, I've brought this up before and people have told me I'm crazy, but when you're a player and you hear that he's recruiting over the amount and knowing that people are going to be leaving, it doesn't do great for the locker room. Now, I know every coach in America does it. I'm not trying to dig at Bruce there. I'm just saying it's not good for the locker room. No, it's not. Is it good for the locker room to have two guys that are on all the benefits you are that aren't doing a damn thing? I would be upset. I would be upset. Even if one's constantly injured, I think it would just be, it would suck to see them on the bus. Just, you get all the benefits and you don't have to work for it. I don't know. Just a bad, bad situation. From KNED, is it just me or is excuse Bruce gone? He seemed to call it like it is in post game, called out our bad motors, turnovers, etc. No more play hard chart, talking a loss. Uh, I am taking this as a positive. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I flew the, they played really hard banner harder than Bruce did last night. Yeah. I was impressed by their effort last by, night. In that, particularly in that end of the first half after they fell behind 10 nothing, and he put more young guys in, got Mac off the court. Yeah, they played their asses off. I will accept play hard if you actually play hard. He would pull out the play hard chart when we'd all look at each other like, well, we got spanked by 28, but we played hard because we dove for two loose balls. Yeah, no, you didn't. You got outworked. I didn't feel like they got outworked for big parts of that game. I didn't feel like the freshman got outworked. The freshman got out-talented. They got out Experience. They get outplayed because they're just freshmen, and they're not four or five star guys. It's they're like not. it's like I tweeted. They ran out of stuff in the tank. They just they didn't have enough left in them. And Texas Tech has dudes. They they sign Jamias Ramsey, who was a recruit in the 2019 class. But the difference, he was Big 12 ready. A lot of these guys aren't. They just have better players. So yeah, and I, I I've said it before, and I'll continue to say it this year as long as he doesn't. Was really impressed he didn't blame the flight. 
from in the, in the Texas game. They didn't leave until what eleven thirty before the Texas game. That's crazy. And he didn't once lean on that crutch. So give it to him there. He hasn't brought up the play hard chart and losses. He's doing better of being critical and being a coach. It's all half the half the battle of what I ever wanted out of him. So I, I like hearing that from him. I hope it continues. From StatCat, a few podcasts ago, uh, you set the over-under on Big 12 Conference wins at 4.5, and, and you all took the over. Now that we are 0-3, having played three teams from the lower half of the conference, would you like to reconsider your answers? I, I, I had a trouble believing that we did, but then I thought about it, and I know we did. We all said, like, 5 or 6. Did we did. We? we said 5 and 13 was the range. I might have been drunk. That's the only explanation I have for thinking that. He's not wrong, I don't believe. Zach brought this up in the break. We're having this discussion at 0-4. What will this podcast be like 0-12? Yeah. Yikes. I mean, I hope these the sound things we have on the wall aren't flammable because they might go up. When we took that over, that was before they blew some of the game. Like, TCU was an up-in-the-air game that I thought they might win. And and then we were considering games like last night where was Texas Tech the better team? Yeah. But I thought, you know, hey, maybe that's one they find a way to steal. So, um, yeah, I would like to reconsider and and take the under now. They're not going to win either the next two. They're not going to beat KU in Manhattan. I can't find four wins on the schedule. I'm struggling, too. The only way the only games I can look at and go like maybe they'll win that. Oklahoma at home, who they've already lost to. TCU on the road, who they've already lost to. On, and in that, that one, like I said, on the road. And Oklahoma State both times. Those are, the, say. Yeah. those are the only games I look at and go, oh, yeah, Iowa State. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Iowa State. But they're not going to win all of them. Exactly. Five. I don't know if they win two of them. Look, the freshmen are going to get better about the exact same time they hit the wall and realize, God, I'm tired. Exactly. So it's just, it is what it is. Take the under. I I always took the under. I just forgot to express it properly. How's that for the backpedaling? Sure. Okay. Uh, last basketball question oh, thank God. Oh, is from Herdes Joe. Does Bruce have what it takes to keep this team at or above 500? Bruce might have the coaching ability to keep a team at or above 500. He does not have the tools to keep it at or above 500. No, no they'll be below 500. They will easily be below 500. Oh, no, I know. Hell, they're... They're almost mathematically... No, that's not true. They're 7-9 right now. I always underestimate how... God, the Big 12 season is long. Do you think K-State goes below 500 at home for the first time in a million years? Are they under right now? No, they're over. No. They're, they, they're, they're really, close, though, they'd really they? ha- they'd have to go like three and six, Let's, I think. Let me let me pull up the schedule here. Because I don't even know when the I forget the streak how, started. But but they're, they're seven streak. and nine, and they're zero and four in the Big Twelve. If they go eight and six the rest of the way and get to eight and ten in the conference, they'll be at five hundred plus the Alabama game. Plus, they'll lose at some point in the Big Twelve tournament. So no, they're not going. They're not going to. They're win. five and three at home right now. Do you count the St. Louis loss? No, that's a neutral. Okay. They're five and three right now at home. They're absolutely going under five hundred at yeah. home. Absolutely. Sadly. If they, well, if they win, they've got two out of the way. They've got. You've got to play West Virginia. Seven more to go. Oklahoma. I don't. I, yeah, you got seven more to go. So if they win two, they're. Oh yeah, they're going under. Eesh. 
We still haven't played Baylor yet, guys. Oh, that's going to be bad. What Saturday's going to be bad. Oh, yeah. West Virginia has a pair of monsters. I'll go ahead and say it right now. Saturday is, Saturday's game or at West Virginia, one of those two, is going to be the worst loss of the season. West Virginia has two probable NBA big men on their front line. Yeah. They're huge. They're huge. They scare me. Football? Yeah, we got a – well, football slash hoops recruiting. Oh. I think we better talk about this new kid. Uh, yeah. Uh, for my like Biggles cat, what are your expectations for Casey Zagu? Hmm. Well, on one hand, like Fitz said earlier, I think he's better than the bigs they have right now. So that's a positive. I think he's there to defend and rebound. Period. End of story. If you got it, let's say one of your future big men turns out to be really good, but it's a big man. You need someone to come in. What you want that guy to do is defend and rebound. Don't screw it up. Hold up our end of the bargain on the defensive end. Other people can score the ball. That's what you want. He's a backup big man, Whether whoever the big man is. Did anyone ask Bruce about his eligibility last night? No, because oh, he's, he's, not, he's not signed yet. He's not here. Or at least he hasn't been. As soon as he's on campus, you can. Yeah. Look, I said it when they started recruiting him. And I will say it now. I'll say it next year. He's here to make Davian Bradford better. All right. And if Davian Bradford turns out to be really good, Casey's his backup. This is the chips are all in on Davian Bradford, and they should be. He's seven foot. He's two hundred and forty pounds or whatever. This is the big man we've wanted them to recruit. But you got to get him better somehow. And you know who's not going to get him better? Nigel Shad, James Love. You need somebody else to make him better. So that's my expectation. Get Davian ready. From Emaw PT, I know you don't like to guess, and I asked a similar question a few weeks ago, but with the UTEP big man and Bruce's comments about uh, more 2020 recruits, who's all leaving? I guess we already kind of touched on that. Yeah, we did. I My guess is, and I said this a little bit ago, that if they have 11 newcomers on this team next year, and, and first or second-year players, that it'll be Stocker and McGurl will be the two seniors. That's just my guess. Yeah, I don't really see and unless Mike wanted to do a grad transfer and get some more playing time at some point. He's got to be close. Yeah, I don't know. The weird thing is we never know with these guys who's finished degrees and who isn't. So, that makes it tough to answer. I feel like basketball is going to be less than football. Less time. Yeah, less guys. Fewer guys redshirt. Yeah, fewer guys redshirt. Well, fewer guys graduating early, too. Less redshirt. I feel like you're doing more travel. There's less time to Fair. to do 15-hour, 18-hour credit summer, loads. though, still. Sure. I'm just saying, you still have to account for an extra year of classes over all those summers. Most guys redshirt in football. Yeah. Most guys yeah. don't redshirt in basketball. Although, strange in case, it has two redshirts on this roster. <laughs> One's a walk-on. He's on scholarship no. now. Oh, you mean Nigel? Wait. Nigel Shadridge. Oh. oh, oh, sorry. And Mike and uh, Cardi Giada. Yeah. Oh, we weren't even talking about Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on to Purple Powerhouse. Who, if anyone, do we lose from Climb and Staff? If he was going to lose somebody from the staff, it would have happened by now. I think. I agree. 
I mean, unless this Hawaii coach that got the Washington State job picks off Tuias Sopo or something like that. And that's just me being really lazy and saying West Coast, you know, like. The uh, Washington State publisher tweeted at me last night. Can we have Scotty Hazel? Was that who that was? No. <laughs> no, keep your hands off it. No, I just, I, look, there's coaching moves still happening. Baylor still doesn't have a head coach. It's weird. They're going to hire Justin Fuente. I think they're getting played. I think they're totally getting. For a raise, you think? Yeah. Fair enough. If you're Virginia Tech, you can't let that happen. Unless something major happens on the coaching landscape right now, I I don't even think there's any ties out there. I'm stunned Baylor hasn't just promoted the associate head coach. They're gonna have a ride on their hands when they don't. They're gonna yeah, because players will leave. Yep. Good for them. From infected testicle, do you think Colin Klein? will ever be the head coach at Kansas State? And if so, will he leave K-State first, or will he coach here until Kleiman retires? Oh, I think he'll leave. We don't don't even have that discussion until he takes a different job at a different school. Yeah, he's got to leave to be a coach. I believe that. I don't want Colin Klein unless he takes a different job. But at least he's been a coordinator. Like, there's... All I got to like take your take the blinders off. Take the 2012 season out of it. Okay, let's let's just put this out there. If Chris Kleiman is successful and stays, Courtney Messingham's staying. I mean, those two are tied together. If Courtney fails, Kleiman fails. For the most part, I don't see Kleiman throwing him under the boat. I think he's going to ride Courtney right out the door. If if it doesn't work, it doesn't work for both of them. That's that's my opinion. So, to become a coordinator again, Colin's going to have to leave. He's going to have to go somewhere and call plays. And then he's probably going to have to do what Ricky Ronnie's done. Go take a job like Old Dominion. And, you know, I mean, if you're worried about the next guy, keep your eye on Ricky Ronnie. If Iowa does get Chris Kleiman to leave in three years and Ricky has built Old Dominion into a good program, that's my guy. Unless... There's someone on K-State staff that jumps out of me. Like, you know, maybe at that point you're thinking Hazleton or, you know, I don't know, Connor Riley, who I think is head coach material. But, yeah, I mean, you got someone now. I know Ricky was a Ron Prince guy. He was the only one to really survive into the Snyder era because he's such a sharp mind and good guy. Hey, maybe Ricky Ronnie gets a job after one year at Old Dominion. It's happened. Maybe he does a good job and gets boom. He's at a Big Ten program. And then Blake Siler's the head coach at Old Dominion. And three, four years down the road, boom, Blake's here. Blake tied his wagon to Ricky Ronnie. He's counting on going with Ricky to a Power Five or becoming the head coach at Old Dominion when Ricky leaves. So Colin's got to make the next move, got to take the next step. And if Courtney Messingham, let's, let's say, uh, I don't know. I never want to say a guy didn't want to be a head coach, but let's say a program like Missouri State, which is making a baffling hire, uh, hires a Courtney, offers Courtney Messingham. It's a cut and pay, but do you do it to be head coach? And then Colin becomes offense coordinator. There's so many moving pieces here. I don't know. If I had to guess, I would say no, he won't be simply because that's where the odds sit. There's so many things that have to take place. But would I be comfortable with it? Yeah. 
Well put. Last question of the podcast from Texas Cat 93. This is kind of a hypothetical because it's still not official, but 30,000 K-State fans travel to Arlington to see K-State versus Stanford in the 2001 AdvoCare Classic. Are you taking the over or under on that? The 2001? Sorry, <laughs> 2021, my bad. I just put the question in there because like, I want to clarify, this has not happened yet. No. Nothing's been announced. Is it a rumor out there? Yeah. It's been a rumor for a long time. And it still hasn't happened. I know. It's very strange. I feel like, hey, guys, you want to play this game in Arlington? We'll pay you a bunch of money. Sure. Okay, we're going to look around for something better. Yeah. So just like, pump the brakes. Chill. Will 30,000 fans go to Dallas, though, if it happens? be the largest K-State crowd to cross state lines to watch a football game, actually. <laughs> that and every other road game I'm ever. Kidding. But, uh, I, honestly, it depends on, because that would be the first game of the season, correct? Yeah. It depends on how 2020 goes. If they go 6-6 six and six and lose in the heart of Dallas Bowl or whatever that bowl game is now, No. But if they go seven and five and win a bowl game or eight and four again, I could see it. If they include it in season ticket packages. Again. They can make, well, they can make it an optional buy. They're right there, hey, want to buy a ticket now? And if I think more people when they're buying the tickets will go, Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go to Dallas. And then, you know, if you wait for them to just buy a ticket later on, they'll go, No, I think we'll just save the money. I'm it's intriguing. Folks, it's good. I know. I've always been one. I want and played in Manhattan. I've always been one. I want these games, these payback games, to be here in Manhattan because people are right. All the crap you saw through the years in terms of non-conference games, you deserve a Stanford. You do. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. There will be others down the road that will come in. They're not going to trade Missouri's game in Manhattan to play at Arrowhead and Missouri goes to Columbia. That's, not gonna, that's never going to happen. If it does, Gene deserves to be fired. You can't do that. That's, this is a rare opportunity to be the focal point of college football. As someone put on the boards, it's a bowl game in August, essentially. That counts towards a bowl game in December. So, yeah, you got to take it. Not only is it the money. See, here's the issue. Do you realize how much a lot of the same people that are saying, you got to play this in Manhattan, you got to play this in Manhattan, will bitch when they see the season ticket prices for eight games instead of seven? Yeah. You raise ticket prices. No, they didn't. There's eight games. There's eight games on the home schedule that year. It's a perfect year to move one. You get Tulane in Manhattan. I know it's it's Tulane. Uh, you know, but they're improved, and Willie Fritz is a Kansas guy, and that's kind of a cool story. And, and Tim gets to go to Tulane in 2024. Hey, by the way, I'm not traveling to road games in the future, but I'll go to Tulane. I just, just really like the green wave, do you? I don't think I'll go. I'm, I don't know. Look, it it's best for the program. I know you want it here. I want it here. But it would be great for the program. Have Kansas State football back at center stage in the the game that opens the season? Hell yes. Isn't that a possible Sunday game? Was that ever a thing? I, Is that a, one I of those Sunday ones? Played it, but it's it's now recognized as the game. Beats me. Okay. Has it been a Thursday game? No, Thursday game is the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl 
pretend opener in Atlanta. Where they play a bowl game that's not a bowl game? Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's probably going to happen. So just be ready for it. Yeah. That's the Power Camp oh, Podcast. Long podcast. What was it? It was great, though. It was worth it. it was we had so a lot fun. to say. Stuff that we'll get to say over and over for the next two months. Oh, boy. Thanks for listening. Thank you to The Fridge. Always, always. And thanks to our segment sponsors, Tanners and the High Low. Remember, we'll have a overtime podcast for you on Friday. I'm confident in saying that because we're about to record it. And I'm confident it will actually record this time. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.